you had me at Curia short stories where we spotlight one of the many shorts that are available on Curia. I'm your host, Ricky Camilleri, and I'm joined by a member of the Curia team. We have Ithia Riazza Perez. And in a moment, we're going to be talking to Maria Paula Abolita, the director of Tacit. But first, let's take a quick listen to a clip from Tacit. Do you ever think about our last times? Uh, Maria, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so first things first, making movies, whether it's a short or a feature, uh, is an incredible endeavor. It's extremely hard. And your short, I would say, unlike most short films that are made, looks uh, incredibly beautiful. Um, so under what context uh, was this was this film made and how did you put it together? Hi, Ricky and Ichi. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for complimenting my short. Um, this short was for a class project, actually. I was in my sophomore year of undergrad, and I decided to do an independent study with a professor to do a film. And it just started like that. And I got together with my crew, and I tried to raise money. We couldn't really find a lot because, you know, financing shorts and a short student film even harder. So it all came out of my pocket, but I'm very happy with, with what we did. We're very low budget, but very nice, very great experience. And now it's a romantic drama between uh, two two women. One of them is um, hearing disabled. And uh, I'm curious where that story came from. So I like to mix up my personal life with a little fantasy. So this love story is actually a love story about a relationship battling with what it was just something that I had gone through at the time. And then the deaf character, it just came to me because I started thinking about how in relationships you have problems of communication and when it ends. And then I, it occurred to me like, wait, why don't I make it? I take it a step further. Why is it not only a problem of communication, but it is also because they literally can do not speak the same language. So that's how it started. It was a crazy idea that I didn't think I could pull because I couldn't find a deaf actress to play it. So my entire team, we started this campaign that was called Help Us Find Luna. And then we found someone in Jacksonville, Florida. And she drove down, and that's how we got it done. Amazing. Wow, so you really only had a choice of one actress, but she ended up actually being pretty great for the part. So, no, because of our, our campaign, Help Us Find Luna, I started tweeting, 
writing comments in pages where I knew uh, deaf or hard of hearing uh, people would um, frequent more. And then we ended up finding three or four actresses across the United States. And luckily, the one I liked most, Chrissy Lemon, lived in Florida. So it wasn't that far away from Miami, which helped my budget. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, this short looks really beautiful. Um, what was it like assen- assembling the team and talking to them about the, the look that you were going for? Were there any references that you were using for them to uh, sort of pin how they would work on? Definitely. I love uh, white shots. Well, where you can see the two characters. So my references was Persona, the movie, mm-hmm. because it's also about a relationship between two women. Two women. So that was my references, and then I decided to also put in my visual style, which I had started discovering after my first short film. And it was a mixture of both, and then the cinematographer, who was a friend of mine and also a student at the time. Uh, also pitch him his ideas and we just created something very beautiful it's interesting that you say persona because as soon as you say that right away i remember the the shots in your film that use foreground and background with the two actresses specifically uh specifically on their faces and how at the moment while watching it i didn't think of persona but i can see now whether it was intentional or not, like, you know, persona kind of playing in the back of your head while you're framing up some of these, some of those shots. Definitely. I I don't think I did it very consciously throughout the entire film, but I did watch the persona a couple of times before production started. So I think unconsciously I did it. I did a very conscious decision of having the opening shot be that two characters staring at each other through a, through a mirror reflection, which is basically a homage to Persona, because you have that famous shot with the mirror. And Persona is such a some, uh, heavily symbolic film that I think the visual style of it is constantly working itself through um, the signs and the symbols that the movie's putting across. And while some of your short has has some symbolic touches, it's, it's like... Um, and I mean, this is a compliment. It's a it's a fairly straightforward um, relationship drama. Uh, what was it like for you playing with a visual style that's usually used as a for symbolism, but you're working in a kind of naturalism and a reality? Thank you so much. I I think it's very interesting because it allows. I like visual poetry a lot, and I try mm-hmm. to incorporate it in normal scenarios. So I did. Uh, play a lot with you know having the frame be divided by a visual object in the middle when we went through the rough times so that you could tell that they were already uh, something in between an obstacle that was my favorite shot in the short film oh when thank you so much <laughs> on her computer and then Luna's in her bed I was like wow amazing <laughs> thank you uh, that was actually an idea of the DP we were, you know how, like, happy surprises? We we went to the location and we found that this setting, this setup, and I was like, wow, I would love to have something here. That the people were like, wait, we actually can literally put the camera there. It gives us enough space. And we did that. And there's little stuff. I like playing with patterns. So the jellyfishes at the aquarium, 
how you don't, I don't want to tell the audience what to feel, but it just allows silences of, you know, where it's not a character for you to process. The hardest part, I think, for some people outside of the technical aspect of making a short and getting the money and assembling the crew is condensing uh, a story. Uh, I'm curious how big the story got as you were writing it or if it always felt pretty condensed for you. What was the process of making it a short? So the story was a difficult one because it was the first one I wrote that was so personal to me. But as soon as I started writing it, it felt really condensed. Like I wrote it pretty quickly and it didn't go over as I thought it would. I always picture it as a short film, like a small moment rather than an entire future film. So I did, I think, like three or four drafts and then it was done. After, you know, you shot it, you edited it and, you know, you know it was completed. Uh, what went you and your producers like when you talked like to you wanted to submit to festivals or what journey did you want to um have with the short after it was made that's a great question because <laughs> that was a ride um this film was the first time that i actually um for me and my producer that we actually thought about even sending it to festivals so we were pretty new about it we learned about film freeway and that's how we started doing it. We started very, okay, let's go for the local festivals. So we applied to those local festivals in Miami. Mm-hmm. And we got selected for the Miami uh, Short Film Festival. So me and my producer we were like, wait, let's go crazy. Let's apply to bigger ones. And we applied to Outshine, the LGBTQ festival, and got selected as well. And then we applied to Holy Shorts. Holy Shorts. Mm-hmm. We didn't get selected, but it was very nice because I got an honorable, and I, no, Hollywood New Directors, and I got an honorable mention, which was great. And then, you know, we were just both like, okay, let's apply to the Miami Film Festival. Why not? Mm-hmm. And I honestly never imagined that we would get selected and we got and it was an amazing experience i think that's has been my favorite festival by far and now that i know all of this (laughs) i i already know how festival works Mm -hmm. and how the festival circuit is Mm -hmm. so definitely i'm planning productions with my producer to hit specific festivals now I think you mentioned once that you already um, you're planning on your next a short film or um, are you writing? Do you want like you're in graduate school right now at the University of Miami, correct? Yes, I am. And um, that's a three year program. Uh, do you know how many short do you have a mindset of like, I want to shoot five short films while I'm in the uh, program. I want to write two features or do you have an idea what you want to accomplish? Yes, I do. I'm aiming for to do at least one big short film, one strong short film per semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two semesters, uh, the first two years, sorry. So that would be what four four short films, and then the last uh, sem- the last year I plan on shooting my first future film, which is a script I wrote over quarantine. 
when I was yeah when I was living back in France. So yeah, I I am very excited. It does. It would be a lot of work, but I want to take advantage out of grad school and you know access yeah. to the equipment. Exactly. And are you planning to shoot mostly everything in in Miami? No. So I read this book, uh, Rebel Without a Crew, not long ago for one of my classes. And it just sparked this idea that I have to shoot more back home. Mm. So I'm actually planning on doing a film, a short film or I don't know, even a future film. Not sure yet. Next summer uh, with the DP that shot Tacit. He's Colombian as well. Amazing. That sounds when, good. When you were on set for Tacit, like you said, it, it's it's low budget. What were some of the biggest um hurdles or moments where you had to compromise or really recognize your your limitations and be creative and work around them oh many uh, i remember we had we it appears in the short film we have this scene when they bump into each other on like while walking by the street and of course by being low budget we can just not block the street and be like okay people don't pass uh, people cars don't pass we're filming no so we had to film with regular people like c- civilians just walking by the shot or cars so we had the main character walk down the street through the crossing by the lights and time it with the dev factories the other the supporting that character as she walked by the other street but because she is deaf i just couldn't shout like action okay now you can walk so that you actually bump into each other so it was just an entire logistics of <laughs> having like four people in each corner as a jail action over the cars honking and one of them tapping the actress that, that is deaf so that she could start walking and yeah it was just <laughs> yeah. crazy but we did we it was possible but that's when you think like wow making movies low budget is really <laughs> crazy did, did your other, uh, the other actress, uh, Virgo Martinez, um, did she learn sign language before the short? She did. Um, I had uh, Chrissy drive down one, two weeks before the short, and they had rehearsal. We had rehearsals together. And before that, I would host like these weekly meetings with Virgo and my friend who helped us as the ASL interpreter where we would learn ASL so that I also learned a little bit. But Virgo was a natural, really. She got it so fast. She got all her lines perfectly. I don't know how she did it. It's not easy. People think it's just signing, but it's just not about your hand movements. It's your gestures with your face and everything. And now I feel like... What's cool about uh, Curia and the short section is that you make a short film and it could go to as many festivals as, as it sounds like yours went to. But then once the festival run is over, you kind of just put it on your homepage and hope that people go to your homepage to watch it. But now you're actually in a kind of curated selection of, of movies for people who want to watch shorts or could just naturally gravitate towards them and be exposed. What does that feel like for you that your short can still be viewed like a festival audience by someone who doesn't know anything about it and is just seeing the, the images from it and clicks, clicks play? It's just the greatest honor. I can still I can still wrap my hand around it and 
I have uh, Ichi to thank and honestly mm-hmm. the entire Korea team. Uh, sometimes when I'm, you know, a film is hard and you have these moments, just doing art is hard sometimes. And sometimes when I need that motivation, I just actually I go into Korea's website and I see my film and I'm like, okay, it's yeah. worth it. So it's definitely very nice to know that people that have no idea of the film, of who I am, can actually see it out of, you know, a random moment because, oh, they saw the poster and they clicked on it. So it's a very nice feeling. I want to I wanna have more of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ishi, do, do you have more questions? Um, maybe just talk about your next project if you can a little bit. I can. I'm joking. I can. <laughs> so I, as I told you guys, because of my boys, I was filming this weekend. We finished yesterday, and it's this new short uh, that's also inspired on my life. I think I'm one of those writers <laughs> trying hard not to be, <laughs> and it's about this young woman who goes back home. So it's gonna be a short in Spanish. I actually shot it in Spanish. Oh, amazing! Thank you. It's gonna be based in Puerto Rico but we film here in Miami so it's a young woman who goes back home to visit her family uh, because she's gonna invite all of them to her wedding so she arrives to her grandma's house and we realize that she's marrying a woman and that her grandma has not even the slightest idea that she's gay so she has to come out in order to invite uh, her grandma to her wedding but, you know, plans change and at the end it stops being a coming out story and more of a story of how, you know, how people grow old and how we witness our grandparents grow old and sometimes we wish we had shared more time with them. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I can't wait to watch. Thank you. Well, I'll send it to you when it's done. <laughs> yes, please, please, please. We'd love to have it on Curia as well. <laughs> I would be happy to. Uh, well, Maria, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about Tacit and about your uh, upcoming work. It's a pleasure to chat and to have you on the on Curia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. This is my first podcast. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. Glad to be your first. I hope it was uh, a relatively easy one. Thank you. It was very nice talking to you both, though. Yeah, I thought I was going to be more nervous, but yeah, I did. <laughs> Uh, well, that has been uh, this episode of You Had Me at Curia uh, Short Stories. Be sure to check out Maria's film Tacit, which is on the uh, short section of uh, Curia. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.